Welcome to the Green and Growing Podcast with Sarah Nurswick and Hannah Wedger. The mission of Green and Growing Education is to empower agriculture teachers to find fulfillment through connection and community that will really cultivate confidence. Get hyped for new ideas, inspiration, motivation, and candid conversations with agriculture teachers just like you. Let's Let's go. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Green and Growing Podcast. It is Hannah here, and I have a special friend from Georgia, and it is Miss Abby Brown. Hello. At uh, Locust Grove, and we were just chatting, and we think she's going into year 14 teaching, but we've also said it's mid-career. It doesn't matter. Like, she's not a rookie anymore. She's seasoned. And she is our specialist today on fundraisers. So Miss Abby, you can give us a quick intro. We know that a lot of the green and growing community knows you. And then we want you to tell us about your most successful fundraiser fundraiser idea. Yes, ma'am. And even though I am technically not a rookie anymore, I still feel like one. So (laughs) I will, I will tell you a little bit of what I have figured out. Um, But that is certainly no, no, no way of saying that I'm a specialist at at everything. Um, But I have figured this out. And so I'm happy to share it with everybody. Um, So just like Hannah said, Um, My name is Abby and I'm in Georgia and I have found great success with um, a program that I've shared with some of you and that is called Fun Farmers Academy. And in a nutshell, that is an educational fun camp for kids that Yes, it's a fundraiser, but for me, the reason why I love it is because it hits a lot of points that are also equally as important as raising money. So it is probably my best recruitment tool. Um, It is a way to build leadership in my students. It is um, ag literacy for my young members of my community. And it kind of brings my whole community together around a common purpose. So for me, it, I think that's the reason why it's been a successful fundraiser, because it is not just about me trying to sell something to someone. Um, that to me has not been successful. Maybe I'm alone in that. <laughs> I think it's a toss up. Yeah. I think it really depends on your community if you're selling something or if there's an expectation for that or not. But it does. And you know, for some people, your students are really great at selling things. Um, and that's awesome. But for me, I I don't know if everybody around the country is in this situation either, but we are limited in the number of fundraisers that we can do. We can only do three in a year. And so I was in a position where I had to decide what those fundraisers were going to be, and it had to pack a big enough punch to support me throughout the school year, um, knowing that I only had a few of them. So I really like Fun Farmers Academy as a form of a lot of different things, but the fact that it brings in money is is a good benefit for sure. Um, In addition to that, I could kind of play off of it 
and um, host a field trip here and there as, and we can call it a part of Fun Farmers Academy, but it's additional income, which I really like too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I really like the idea of like the the egg literacy piece of the fundraiser because it's you're not just selling a product, right? You have that built in to the um, to the fundraiser. So, do you want to tell us just a little bit more about how that works, um, and maybe like what the target population is that this um, academy is for? Yes. So our target is children in our community who are in grades kindergarten through fifth okay so k through five um and what we try to do is bring them in for a four-day time period and in the course of these four days they're going to visit eight stations per day okay so that kind of gives you a framework holy cat <laughs> That's a lot. Eight stations per day. Holy cow. Yeah, so it much. is. That's good. But it's totally doable. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. totally doable. Um, so that being said, so let's kind of think through that. You've got eight stations in a day, but you're talking about a first grader or a third grader or something, you know, young kid. And, you know, we have those at home, you and I do. So yeah. we know it's not so easy to just hold their attention. For, yeah, moving. I, I yeah. Sure understand the eight stations. That's great. <laughs> so the, the reason why we do eight is because that allows us about 45 minutes at each station. Okay. And we bounce back and forth between an educational type activity where they might have to kind of be still for a moment and hear instructions. And then the next station would be something where they get to go and move around and just be a kid, you know, yeah. both are fun, but a more movement based activity yeah. and they bounce back and forth between the two. Now, so that being said, you've got your eight stations a day, but four of them could be like games and activities. Yeah. You know, that we're all familiar with. So that kind of makes it a little bit easier for somebody, an ag teacher that might be looking to do something like this. It breaks it down into a more doable framework. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Love it. What yeah. role do your students play in this or your FFA, FFA members play in Fun Farmers Academy? Okay. That's a great question because you and I both know we're one person. We can't do it all. I cannot lead it. Well, Abby. <laughs> we cannot. We want to, but we can't. We can't. No. So um, I was actually just cleaning out my office and I had a stack of papers. Um, and those papers were this. I give applications to my students, applications to work, and they fill it out if they're interested in working in, and they actually lead the camp. Okay. Um, so what greater form of leadership than for them to have to teach something to a young kid, something that they've learned in class, maybe, yeah. and they've got to break it down for a kid or a group of kids in a 45 minute time block as they come around. So my kids, um, when you have kids sign up to work, you can go through and choose them. They pair up and they will either be in charge of leading one of the stations for each day or they could have their own group that they're, those are called group leaders and they would take the groups to the stations. They're more like a tour guide, right? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So they completely, I am in a, like a management role during the day on all those things. I don't teach anything. Okay. I, 
I sat back and honestly, the role of the FFA members is to, to guide the entire process, which is really cool. Yeah, that is so cool. I love that. Um, okay, a couple of questions that I have just thinking about like logistics too. Sure. Of it. How do you get this out to your community? Is it like, I know in Minnesota, we've had some chapters that like put it through the community ed and sell it as like a camp that way. Um, but I'm curious how you guys do that and reach your community members to get kiddos involved. Yes, that's probably the most important part of the whole thing, because if you don't have any kids sign up, you don't really have much of a camp, right? So that's pretty important. <laughs> um, the way that we have found the most um, success with is through giving it directly to our um our feeder schools. So we, and a lot of ag teachers, I think, have relationships with their feeder schools. Maybe you could send it to their, you know, school listserv or something and ask them to send it home with parents. Or there's been years when I even made the copies of the forms and took it to each teacher and said, will you please send these home with your students? You make it easy for them. Um, that sort of thing. Right. Right, because, you know, I've seen those come home in my kids' folders, and that's yeah. the best way to get it to a parent. But in addition to that, um, we use our social media as just a way of, um, you know, communicating that to your followers. But then if you have other people who will, you know, direct parents to that, that helps, or, or listserv messages through your Farm Bureau, we've had that um, be really helpful stuff, like any way that you can get it into the hands of a parent because that's who is looking for it. And for us, the reason why it worked well is because we use the week right after school gets out. Well, yeah. parents are looking for daycare options. Sure. Right. So yeah. this was just kind of a natural fit. They could send their kid to us for about the same cost as what they were going to pay for daycare and, yeah. and their kid gets a camp experience. So that's why it works well. I just, so that leads me into a really important part. If we're going to talk about fundraisers to me, what makes a fundraiser successful is to find a way to meet a need that already exists within your community. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because then you're not having to talk someone into supporting it. They have that need already. Yeah. Like, okay, it's the week after school gets out and everybody in my community needs something to do with their kids. Well, cool, I'll teach them about ag and make yeah. some money, right? Yeah. Um, so to me, that is the way to make a fundraiser successful is to have a quality product that people want to buy because they need it mm -hmm. or you know, a service that they need, if that makes any sense. And I have so many friends who have um, like school-age kids who want them in some type of camp or something throughout the summer just to be able to kind of engage them and kind of right. you know keep up that learning piece that engagement piece um during the summer so what a cool idea to be able to fulfill a need that people yeah. have people exactly having, um and to to get that egg advocacy in there it's so fun that's right is there any um like community involvement other than like people bringing their kids but is there any like support that way or anyone coming in any groups anything like that that you guys have for fun farmers yes we have a wonderful 
Farm Bureau, you know, county office that's just super involved with everything that we've asked them to help with. And um, they actually come in and host a station for us, Okay, which has been great because for them, ag literacy is super important as well. So they get to have the interaction that they're just really looking for with young kids and they're also helping us. So yeah, they've, they've always been great partners. We also have partnered, this isn't an outside group, but we've partnered with our schools, FCCLA, um, Family and Consumer Science. Oh, um, okay. FCSO, and they came in and provided lunches. And um, what a great idea. Yeah, it was really great. They used that as a fundraiser for their program and it worked really well too. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for partnering with different groups outside of your own school. Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. cool. All right. So you talked about your most successful fundraiser. Are there any other fundraisers that you've done that have been successful or any that you are just sharing that have not worked for you? <laughs> just providing any feedback for all those egg teachers out there of, of what, what you've experienced so far. Absolutely. So in addition to Fun Farmers Academy, I mentioned a minute ago that we've kind of stretched that out and started doing field trips as well. We host field trips. That has been super successful for us. It is um, kind of a natural extension of that because instead of doing it over four days, we crunch it down into one day and the whoever we're hosting for that day would bus their students to our school. I have students here who are, you know, at school as well, who yeah. can host my stations. And instead of doing eight stations, we did four. So okay. the young kids come here and I know like watching Instagram, all of these ag teachers who are on there have great lab areas where I'm telling you, young kids would die to get in there and see everything that is going on in an ag program that they don't even know about right yeah so to bring those kids in and teach them just real quick little mini lessons you know let them eat lunch and then send them back um kids their parents I mean I know you know this Hannah we're <laughs> used to paying for a field trip right like yeah. Yeah, 10 bucks or something for a field trip. Well, part of that's going to have to go towards the bus for them to get there. At least that's how we do it here. But um, the other five or six dollars could go towards your program for hosting that field trip. And that's a great fundraiser. And, it, and it's wonderful for the kids. It's good for your program. You know, kind of a, a mini version of a Fun Farmers Academy during the school year. That's been hugely successful for us. Um, and then we also do a Boston butt fundraiser. Oh, yes. um, right. <laughs> love it. If you're not doing a Boston butt fundraiser, that's the bomb. But I'm telling you, here's the difference. Here's the difference in how we do it. Okay. Maybe everybody's doing this and I'm going to sound like a nut for saying that this is the difference, <laughs> but I do it as a whole unit of study in my animal science class and kids get credit and they work through the entire process of how the sale, it's not just a fundraiser, in other words, because that's what I really think makes it a success. There's, mm -hmm. there's more to it than just, hey, come buy a pork butt from us, right? Mm -hmm. So the community, you know, our alumni come in and bring in the smokers, the kids who are there working, they're working because 
they've researched how this should be done, you know, and then cool. community support is great because they, you know, some of them were brought up through that program doing it. So now we've had some that didn't work so great also. Um, most of the ones that didn't work so great were times when I didn't, you know, really think through it very well. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just the honest truth. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put it out there. There's been some times where I would throw something together just because I needed a couple hundred dollars on something. And then nobody even knew that I was doing it, you know, because yeah. I didn't, I didn't sit down and work through the details. So um, we've definitely had our fair share of those, but the best ones have been the times when it's not just about making money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really like how you like incorporate that student buy-in and really like, again, are including that egg advocacy piece, like like students learning about Boston butts, which I will tell you, I, maybe I'm just like out of the loop. But when I first heard you, I think it was last year, like we ha we're having Boston. I was like, that's the thing. That's not <laughs> thing in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know. Like we are not barbecue country up here either, so that might be it. More people are getting into barbecuing though because of the Traeger grills. So I will say yes. that. Um, so maybe, maybe Minnesota will become woke on the Boston butt game. <laughs> oh, it, it is the bomb. I'm telling you, it's where it's at. You can't beat it. But I think, I think if we like more people approach fundraisers as like, this isn't just a way to make a buck, but like, let's get student buy-in. Let's have them understand what they're selling. Um, in Minnesota, one thing that's really big is like fruit sales. You know, you sell like yes. box fruit and even like, you know, what is the difference between these different types of apples that you're selling or like just a unit on that, I think would be so beneficial that's right. for students. Yeah. Um, I will, one other piece of advice that I have found useful. I don't know what made me think about this as you were talking, but one thing that has really worked for me too is to fig to talk to your students and figure out what motivates them? Like, mm -hmm. okay, I need you to sell these Boston butts, for example. What will motivate you to do that? Like, what is it that you want? Well, and this, I'm just going to tell you. So for the Boston butts, <laughs> my kids will do anything for a t-shirt that they like. Like, it's got to be a cool t-shirt though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, for the butt sale, the motivator that we use is that if they sell however many butts, I think it's 10 or something. If they sell 10 butts and show up at the butt rubbing, which is what we call it, okay? Like when we rub the butts before we put them on the smokers, okay? If you did both of those things, you get a t-shirt and this is probably going to sound inappropriate, but it's a very popular t-shirt and it says master butt rubber, okay? <laughs> And it's got a picture of a pig and it talks about like the annual Boston butt sale. So it sounds inappropriate, but it's really not. It's just a picture, <laughs> right? And I'm telling you, the kids will sell some barbecue if they think they're getting that shirt, man. But what, you know, and who's to say what it is that your kids are going to think is cool. It does not matter that we think it's cool you know, figure out, get in their head and figure out what is going to motivate them and use that as your thing that they can earn or whatever to, you know, okay, 
yes, you're learning about this in class, but maybe there's some kids in plant science that aren't learning about that. What is it that motivates them? If it's a t-shirt, heck, I'd print t-shirts, you know, all day. <laughs> we actually had um, one of our basketball coaches, he was trying to motivate students and they, they got like these nice, like Under Armour shirts that they could, um, yeah. they could get. But what he did is he went around to like local um, businesses and said, you know, if you sponsor the shirt, we'll put your logo on the back. So the back of the shirt had all these um, different logos on it for them, for these different uh -huh. businesses, but they paid for the shirt. So the shirts cost him nothing. Yep. Students were able to, um, you know, win these shirts after they sold so much of the other stuff, but it was kind of cool to like offset that cost too. Um, so I think that's a great idea because it, you're killing two birds with one stone then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I love that. That it. Was, I was like, gosh, that's so smart. Why do, why do I not think of these things? <laughs> <laughs> that's why we all have to help each other out when we have I these know. great ideas. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, Abby, um, if you can tell us, so if someone's interested in Fun Farmers Academy, you have the curriculum for purchase. I do. Where, where can they find that? Where can they get that information? So I always like to tell people that if you are interested in hosting your own Fun Farmers Academy, you absolutely do not have to go through me to do that. It is, I am just an ag teacher, just like everybody that's probably listening to this. And you, if I can plan this and make it happen, anybody can do it. But that being said, I also am an ag teacher and I know that sometimes it's worth just paying someone else to do some of the work for you. <laughs> you know, I get that. So uh, if you need that or want that, you can go to funfarmersacademy.org. And I'm also on Instagram at funfarmersacademy. Um, but that website will show you all the different options. I've tried to make um, different levels so that everybody you know, has whatever package works for them. And I also try to tell people before you go on there and order something, talk to me because I can help you work through those details of, is this right? Is this a good fit for you? You know, is it the right time? Is it the right, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. so that it's doable? Because it is something that you can kind of work up to, maybe do a, a one day thing before then or something. Um, but it, it has been great for us. And, and the biggest, to me, value has been the recruitment from it. Uh, kids, not even recruitment, I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it builds a community of support from the ground up because the kids that come to your camp will one day be a part of your program. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a beautiful thing. That's so cool. I know that Sarah has done like a vet camp before and it right. was one of her first like kiddos in one of their first vet camps just graduate graduated from their program. How fun. Like, like a weird like full circle thing. And it was, you know, so cool to see like what that impact is because some of those students might not even know about your program that you have that's that right have that camp experience and then they're like oh that's real cool like that yeah. was fun I want to 
I want to do this when I get to high school or middle school or whatever it might be. So that's right. Because if we wait until they get to high school to try to talk them into being interested in ag, we may have missed out on the chance to do that. Yeah. Or then there are those kids that you get their senior year and they're like, I wish I would have been in ninth grade. And you're like, yeah, me too. Like exactly get them in the better. So that's right. Great opportunity. I love it. All right, Miss Abby, well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing all of your expertise on um, <laughs> fundraising. Um, and again, if you guys need to reach out with, out to her, she has she's on, on the Insta Fun Farmers Academy, um, or you can connect with us on Green and Growing and we will get you connected with her. Thanks so much, Abby. Thank you.